Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins. This show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs, and mobile and online banking services. You're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we're going to talk about throughout the show, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. So we're, we have a great show on tap for you tonight, um, but I want to recap a little bit about last week. Last week we celebrated the Missouri State University Athletics Hall of Fame. There were some wonderful candidates that went in, and the inductees were just a top-notch class. So congratulations to the committee. And thank you to Rick Kindhart for giving us the rundown on all of the inductees and my guest, the Don Payton Award winner, Joe Bell Hopper. So you can go and listen to that episode if you would like under a coachesperspective.com under previous shows, or you can listen to it on Apple iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, Verbal, and now on Helium Satellite Radio. All of those are under a coach's perspective. Tonight we're going to catch up with Coach Sundance Wicks. Take a listen. And I am so excited about our guest this week. You better put your seatbelt on because this guy knows how to motivate people. He knows how to inspire. He has this internal drive and this energy that is contagious. So we're going to get right to our guest. Uh, we are going to visit today with Coach Sundance Wicks. And if you don't know him, you do that. Um, he's very energetic. Um, he's a Wyoming native, and right now he's the assistant coach at the University of Wyoming. And he has been a lot of different places and has done so many things that have improved the game of basketball. He's from Campbell County High School in Wyoming. He played football, basketball, track and field. He has always been a part of the athletic world. He began his collegiate coaching as a graduate assistant at Northern State under the legendary Don Meyer. He also developed and built the Arizona Power Basketball Academy. He has been an assistant coach at Division II and Division I levels, and he was the head coach at Missouri Western for two years. He has traveled around and spoke at different clinics, and he always provides a high-energy presentation. Currently the assistant coach at the University of Wyoming. You're going to enjoy this conversation, I can guarantee it. Coach Sundance Wick. All right, I want to welcome Coach Sundance Wicks to the show, and I'm so excited to have you here. You know, we're bringing awareness to mental coaching and, and assisting coaches and athletes to, to better meet, um, you know, their hypothetical best, you know, to meet their potential. Um, and I know that, first of all, you're in the heart of your season, so I appreciate this time more than you'll ever know, because I know it's precious, few and far between to get moments like this. So thank you for your time. Jenny, I'm pumped to be here. Look, this is actually couldn't have come at a better time too, because in the heart of our season, and our season hasn't been great by any means. So um, there'll be a lot of parallels I'll be able to draw through this conversation today, just <laughs> simply from going through it with our guys and been off the heels of an NCAA tournament season last year and now to a season where it's basically flipped uh, a complete opposite way. And having coached, you know, in college now for 15, 16 plus years, you're going to long enough, if you coach long enough, you're going to experience every type of season. Um, Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it's also changed from when I was doing this in 2004 to now, almost 20 years later, like the dynamic of, of the kid, the dynamic of, 
of the NCAA, the dynamic of the coaches, um, the whole platform has changed. So well, let's, um, let's dive into that. Uh, just, you know, just going with um, just some of the, the, the changes that have happened to the game, we're bringing, you know, some light and generating kind of a conversation on the mental health of athletes. Um, you know, but we refer to it more as mental coaching, because yeah. um, I feel like you, I feel like when you say mental coaching, you're doing something about it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we're helping these athletes and these coaches kind of navigate that. What are your general thoughts about um, the, the, the change in mental health? with athletes well if you look at like just general health right let's just talk about health in general most of us are terrible with our health <laughs> in general yeah. so like i know i'm gonna eat fast food way more than i probably should and i know what's good for me i know what i should eat i know what i should put in my body the type of fuel i should have in my tank oh crap i knew better as an athlete too and mm-hmm. that's just the physical side of me, like what I'm doing to my body, just how I'm taking care of it. And so we're not no we're nowhere near as healthy as we should be physically. And we know we pay way more attention to our physical body, our physical appearance and how we feel way more than we pay attention to how we're thinking and how we're processing and how we're coping things that are going on in our life. Um, and so as much as it, the landscape has changed, that we it is still so far behind. I mean, light years behind in what we can do for the mental side of the game, for the mental side of the player, for the mental side of performance, psychological skills training. Um, if I just go back to 2004, I mean, it's, it's something as simple as, okay, you're sick. A Sundance, you know, you're sick. You don't, you, you don't feel great today. What would your coach say to you, right? So this was your player, you're getting up in the morning and you know, you're sick. You got sore throat or whatever. And you feel right. like crap. Maybe you're puking. Who knows? You got a game the next day and you say, what would your coach say? They'd say, suck it up. We need you to play. What about Jordan? Jordan's yeah. flu game. You sit there and reference Jordan's flu game. You go, maybe I'll have a game. Maybe I'll have the game like Jordan had when he had the flu because he played through the flu. So I can do that as well. Right. And I know my coach would say, suck it up. Let's go. We need you big dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the end of it, right? You don't sit there and think about like, what, how do I really feel? You don't really care. You just think about, I got to go play and I got to go perform. I got to try to be at my best. So whatever I can do, I'm going to do it. Well, fast forward 20 years. The one simple change now is what athletes are asking themselves. They aren't asking themselves what my coach say. They're saying, what's right in this situation? If I don't feel great, if I don't feel good, if I feel sick, if I've been puking, if I feel dehydrated, they have all this information and resources available to them. And I don't feel a certain way. I know that sucking it up, I could do it, but is it the right thing to do? And they have to ask that question. So you as a coach now have to flip the script from saying, suck it up to how are you feeling? Right. Do you feel like you could do this tonight? Do you feel like you could practice today? Do you feel like you could play today? How do you feel? Not how do I want you to feel? And that has been, that's just a huge paradigm shift from, I mean, that's 20 years to now is suck it up versus how do you feel? Right. And I think, you know, we, we don't ask that question enough to players. And sometimes it's like, well, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. It's still college athletics and it's still competitive. But at the end of the day, like we're all human beings, right? And we talked about this before we got on is there are more and more players, athletes, uh, people with pulpits are getting in position to talk about what their struggles have been. And they're having more voices, which those voices now are being heard. And so what that's doing is that's helping other young men, women in athletics or any profession for that matter, help them process and analyze what they're going through. And maybe some, and we don't know, like I said, there's a lot of self-diagnosing going on Mm -hmm. out there today. 
There's yes. a lot of people that, that, that will sit there and look WebMD themselves and say, I, I have this or I have this, I have anxiety or I have depression, but they haven't seen anybody. And so it's not up for the kid to decide that it's, let's go, let's go speak to someone like yourself. Let's go speak to a professional. Let's go see what, let's go unpack some stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a lot of unpacking that needs to happen nowadays. A lot, <laughs> of, athletes, a lot of athletes in general. So that's so true. And, you know, we do, we've seen an elevated um, fear of failure and performance anxiety. Um, perfectionism is probably one of the most common things. Inconsistent confidence, um, even success guilt, not feeling like they deserve to have success. Um, there, there's so many different things that, that are kind of bouncing around right now for athletes. And, and I think you hit it on something that is really interesting, the self-diagnosing where they're, they're, they're hearing about somebody that went through this situation. Um, and I may have traits of that. I may, you know, I may have some performance anxiety. Um, how do we get to the point where, um, where you go now, do you really, <laughs> or to go to the, um, well, then let's explore that and get you some help and show them what a strength it is to be able to be aware of how they're feeling and what direction we can take it. I think that's a great question. The first, the first conversation I would have with a young man that would come into our office and say, coach, I'm really struggling. I think I, you know, I have performance anxiety. I'm really struggling on the floor. I kind of, you know, talk about the fear of failure stuff. Uh, the first question I would ask him is how's your, how's your training going? Do you trust your work? How do you feel skill wise? Do you feel competent in your area of expertise? Like if you're, if you're a shooter and you're a sniper and you're a knockdown guy, have you been doing the requisite work? to feel because we all know that confidence real true confidence comes from demonstrated ability can i demonstrate that i'm good enough at what i do but to do that you have to put in the requisite work over and over and over again in stack days and it just doesn't happen overnight and i think part of the the problem is that we think that success can happen overnight it's a microwave society we look for things instantly right we want immediate right. gratification um knowing that if we really break it down to its fundamental level it's the work so <laughs> ten thousand hours to mastery how close are we? And is that work translatable? Are we doing the things that we should be doing for who we are as a player or a person? And so that's the first question I'd ask is like, what's your workload been like lately? How have you been in the gym? How many times have you, like how, how many shots have you made? What's your, what's your routine? What are you going through? Let's talk this out. And now let's see if we have any faith or confidence or trust in what we're doing in our work. And if we know that we're going in, we're doing the work, right? Cause that's, that's the number one part of accountability is one showing up two doing the work. And so if we're showing up every day and we're doing the work, but yet we're still struggling for some whatever reason um, by the time we get to a game, then for me, since I'm not licensed, I'm going to try, I'm going to send you to, to our sports psychologist. I'm going to send you to somebody that maybe can help you unpack some things that may be going on up there because as, as easy as it is to diagnose a physical ailment, I sprained my ankle. Mm -hmm. I got a, I got a sore wrist, right? I'm sore from lifting. I can feel those things. I like, we don't know what that's like up here. We have right. no idea. It's like we can one hide of, a lot it's, it's, of things oh. up there. Oh man. And I tell mm -hmm. you, there's a lot hidden up in this bad boy up here. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, we, we, you do, you just get so good at saying, can't be that. Like it's gotta yeah. be something. It's gotta be my shot. Like it's got, something's gotta be wrong. My elbow's out. Right. It's gotta be something else. Um, so what do you do? I, I think I know the answer to this. You know, you, you know, you have someone that does come into your office and, um, and they say, I'm struggling and I need some help. Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling that way. Do you see that as a strength or a weakness? Well, I believe and I, I, I live by the thing you got to, this, this code is, do you have it? I think great leaders have it and it's an acronym of have and it. And I think great leaders and great coaches 
Um, and this is a personal philosophy of mine, but I've seen it in high level leaders and high level coaches and high level, you know, leaders of teams and organizations is they have humility. Number one, they have awareness. Number two, self-awareness, right? I know who I am, but more importantly, I know who I am not. Um, right. And then three, they have vulnerability. Uh, I think great leaders are vulnerable and they don't just share everything. They'll just spew it out, but they're vulnerable with what they've gone through and the ups and downs, trials and tribulations. They share freely because that is how we learn, you know, knowledge from others. Hopefully we don't have to experience all ourselves. We can, we can learn something from somebody else. That's a sign of coachability. Yeah. Coachability is vulnerability, right? Like, and then, and then empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so if you have the have side of that is humility, awareness, mostly self-awareness, vulnerability, and empathy, right? We have to be able to empathize right. with, I was once a player. I know what you're going through. I'm, I'm, I'm 20 years removed now, but it, I still, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about my playing careers and the impact that my coach had. I mean, the things that he said or any coach that I had for that matter, growing up, what they said to me, because there's something that rings true. Um, and so I think when, when someone can approach you and, and tell you something vulnerable, Right. To me, that is a sign of a massive strength mm-hmm. because they've got to a point where they can now give something that they've been holding on to, to yeah. somebody else. And if somebody gives you that, you have to, you have to take that with great care and handle that with, with, with great expectations, understanding that somebody just gave you that moment, gave you that vulnerability. Um, and, and to me, that's, that's what's real friendship is that's true mentorship and leadership is really being able to be vulnerable with one another. Um, and then the last part of it is, is it, right? Do they have it, which is to me, intelligence and toughness. Mm-hmm. And it's the intelligence side of it that allows you to be tough physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and socially. Um, you can understand what to do with what you just got. Right. So what you gave me, I got I to gotta be intelligent enough to know what to do with that. And sometimes that's not me. That's you. I got to give that to you. I got to give yeah. that to, to our sports psychologist, Chris. Um, right. Or Katie really used to work with us. I got to go give that to somebody else. Well, number one, I love that. I love the habit. Um, I would, I want you to come up with one with want for want it. <laughs> we can do that. I'm a yeah. lo- I love acronyms. If anybody knows me knows I pretty much speak in, in code all the time. So I love it. I love it. All right. We're going to continue our conversation with coach Sundance Wicks after some gratitude to our sponsors. Thanks again to great Southern bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on a coach's perspective. Well, welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and we have Coach Sundance Wicks that we're chatting with this week. And this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies, professional dietitians, the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. They are a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. Well, let's continue our conversation with Coach Sundance Wicks. Being able to have those qualities and those characteristics that you're describing, I mean, those are foundational. Um, those are foundational qualities that can really help help athletes through that time and help um, and help them kind of navigate rough patches and um, and be able to arm them with the skills that you're talking about to be able to cope. Tell me a little bit about another avenue that you take. You spoke at the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association Clinic a few years ago, and that's where one we met. Yeah, yeah, I lo- yeah, I love it. We have one of the best clinics, um, I have to say, but I will tell you this, uh, you were magnetic. Uh, you you have a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, and you were you even uh, gave out some shirts, and you 
gave me a shirt to give to my son. He wears it all the time. Um, and make sure that I get this right. It says, bring your own juice. Um, yep, or bring you got the- BYOJ. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, it's something that just has such so many different motivating meanings, but tell me what it means to you, man. Um, well, one, <laughs> my college coach, I love him to death. I was, I, I was actually writing notes down today, just of stuff that he's, I, I go through, I have 20 years of notebooks. I just, he taught <laughs> me to be a lifelong learner. I always want to, I always want to learn. And, uh, I, one of the notes and quotes I wrote down today was send a message with the t-shirt. He was the king of t. He made so many t-shirts, camp yeah. t-shirts, team t-shirts. We had different things on them. I always said that send a message with a t-shirt and a meaningful one, something that's important to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, before I go into the bring your own juice, I want to digress a little bit just to the idea of, of the habit. Cause I think it's as much as there's a stigma on mental health, there's also um, a stigma for coaches, right? Like they, they don't, they're not vulnerable, right? We're not. No, oh, they're, they're terrible. They're terrible. We try to act like we got it all figured out, but yeah. it's, you know, there's a sports psychologist for the student athletes on campus, but what about the sports psychologist for the, for the coaches? Amen. I mean, you, talk, you talk about <laughs> the student athlete has a couple of things, right? They have the student experience. They have the athlete experience. They have the social experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coaches have family, media, friends, finances, Right. All these little structures that, are, that when you're grown, right, you're, you grow up. So you got grown consequences for growing up. You know, when you start making grown decisions, <laughs> you start having families, you know, you got kids and mouths to feed and all these things. You, you, It's part of life. But it also that doesn't mean it makes it any easier for the coaches. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're more you're more equipped, so to speak, to handle some of the situations you go through. Right. So it's uh, I, I think I wish I wish we could get to the point, too, where it was just more acceptable for coaches to be able to be open and honest and vulnerable without mm-hmm. Without, without it being held against them as saying like, well, maybe they're not fit to run a program or maybe they're not right. capable of leading young men. When in reality is if, if they were more open, if we were all more open and honest about how we felt in certain situations without having to mask it, right? We probably wouldn't have some of the situations that happen in coaching. Yeah. We'd be able to be looked at as, as strong leaders because that's what it is, right? Like yeah. to, to be a strong man of faith, you have to drop to your knees. And you have to, you have to be humble enough to, to, to thank God and for all the blessings and, and all, all the things good or bad that happen in life. So if that's strength and faith, why is it looked the opposite way? If we, you know, we're just, you know, prowling the sidelines with scowls and, you know, <laughs> you know, all this, you know, that to me, that that's a stigma that has to be undressed a little bit and unpacked for, for this whole thing to evolve where we need it to go. Um, and I really like, I like some of the coaches in the NBA right now are doing a phenomenal job. I think my, um, um, Steve Kerr, Monty, Monty Williams at, with the Phoenix Suns. Like, I, I just think those guys do a great job of, of really showing what it's like to lead like that. Um, and it's a different level, right, than college or high school, but it's still there's it's out there. So to your point, bring your own juice. <laughs> what is that? Right. Like that, I, I love it. It's um, in 2015. I think I, I made the I made the change, the the internal change to just be because I had, I had been on a coaching staff that I got fired, let, let go. I had lived out of my car because we, you know, for six months trying to find a new job and basically was homeless. And you know what? That's the worst thing that ever happened to me. I still had, still had a car. I could sleep in a gym on a beanbag at Power Made Fitness when I was trying to start a, start a training organization. And I, I just started becoming more grateful for everything that I had and everything that I once had as well. I mean, the housing market crashed. It went upside down in a house in 2011. So all these things, these life things happened to you and you don't know why 
But I became grateful for that experience and really looking back on it, reflecting it in 2015, I just said, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to make sure that I'm the most useful, useful, energetic, over positive, over communicating individual that will try to transfer anything that I have in my being to you so that you can have a better day than you are probably having right now. And I don't ever want to be a vampire. I don't ever want to be a drainer. I just want to be an energy giver or a fountain. I just want to breathe life into people. And I just want to see where that takes me. Just being relentlessly positive, relentlessly optimistic, um, having intentional energy, because it's sometimes they say, well, how are, you, how are you this way all the time? How are you? You wake up with the intentionality that I'm going to be this way. Um, and if you're a sports psychologist, so you get it. All right. Positive self-talk doesn't necessarily correlate to better performance. But negative self-talk correlates to negative performance. So even if I'm being overly positive, I'm not necessarily changing the landscape of how it's going to go for me that day. Or, But if I'm intentionally being that way, I know this, I'm not going the other way. Right. I'm not going in the downward spiral of negativity and the fear, doubt, and worry that happens when it creeps in. I'm going, I might stay here, but what I can do is I can impact others around me. And maybe that can raise the level of the room. Maybe that can raise the energy in the room because energy is transferable and we're all light beings, right? So we're transferring energy constantly. And whether that's through our actions, our vibe, you know, kids nowadays are like, oh, that's the vibe. You know, <laughs> I'm, big, yeah. I'm a big protect the vibe guy because I just want the vibe to be right. I want your hey, energy. Hey, that's right. your next shirt. Protect the vibe. <laughs> protect the vibe. PTV, protect the vibe. I love that. that that's good. You heard I'll it take first. 10% of every. No, I'm you, kidding. You could, you could have it. I'll just donate to favorite charity. <laughs> yeah. But so, so 2015, when I was working at San Francisco with Rex Walters, I just said, they started calling me the juice man because I was just always bringing the juice and I was always positive. And I was always trying to pick it up and, and help everybody just kind of have a, a more amped up type day. And it can be exhausting for people that don't like to be around really highly energetic individuals. <laughs> but that's, once again, your choice on how you receive it. That's right. And so bring your own juice to me wasn't about, I need everybody to be overly outgoing and gregarious and this infectious style in your, in, in your face type stuff. I need you to bring your own spirit. So really what bring your own juice is, is I need you to bring your own unique, authentic spirit to the party. Because we all have a unique gift about us. We all have a unique energy about us. And I, I think so many times we think uh, we are we are victims of those around us. We let others' energy affect us. So then we become what we let affect us, right? And so we, if we're absorbing negative energy constantly, we're just going to become negative because it doesn't take any talent to be negative. It's and like it's zero. so easy. So it's easy. It's easy to have a critical eye. It's easy to be yes. a cynical. It's easy yes. to be a cynicist. And so- it's an, you have to be intentionally uh, intentional about bringing your own spirit, bringing your own juice. Um, I, you know, God, uh, people ask me, how do you get your own energy? How do you get your energy every day? I was like, well, look, I don't, God's limited. So he gave it to me. God gives me this. If I don't use it, he's going to take it away. I know that's how it works. If we don't use the gifts that we were given, God will give them away to those who will use them. And so for me, I think my own, you know, Jerry Krause, there's three rules you got to have in life. One, it's, Find your unique gift or talent. Two, develop your unique gift or talent. And three, give it away. Because what's Christmas without presents? And what's <laughs> Christmas without presents if you don't give your dang presents away? So I can buy my kids all the presents in the world, but I keep them in the closet. That's pretty dang selfish. Right. So I'm going to give my gift away every single day, and that's going to be intentional. So bring your own juice really is, is bring your spirit. I need your spirit. Jenny, whatever yours is, whatever his is or hers is, I want that spirit to come. And I'm not trying to change you. I'm not trying to make you an extrovert. 
I'm not trying to make you an introvert. I just want you to understand that you have a spirit and a soul about you. That's right. important. And we need it. We need your best. We were trying to call you up and not call you out. Right. We want the best version of you. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it's just trying to get rid of the victim mentality of things are happening to me instead of happening for me. Well, so let's talk a little bit about, about that because there are, you know, coaches out there that, um, you know, they have to deal with those negative attitudes. There are players that are energy suckers. There are players that are draining. There are players that are, that are, you know, can be either apathetic or they can be negative or they can second guess. And it, and it's exhausting. How do you handle some of those attitudes that are bringing your team down? How do you, how do you get them, um, get them on, on board with, with what you're trying well, to do? This is where the edge, this is, is a great question. Cause I think this is where the education piece comes in, which where we, I think we fail a lot as coaches um, is because we can send them to you and you can talk about it and you can have sessions and you can unpack some things, but we fail to educate our student athletes on what's adaptive, what's maladaptive, what's task oriented, what's ego oriented. And right. we're talking about getting you to focus on the process and not the product. And where do all these fears and anxiety usually come from is just their product based versus task based, you know, what process based. And so it's, it's educating them on your, your energy is bad today because we lost a game. And because we lost a game, you think that that's how you value your worth win or lose, or we won the game, but you didn't score any points. So you value your worth on how good you were scoring points. So your energy is bad today. You have a negative attitude. It's all the ego. The ego is the enemy. It's a great book by holiday, right? Like it's all based on ego stuff. So what we have to do is we have to present them and educate them on this is ego oriented because the kids today, they're not dumb. That's the best part about it is like they have so much information. They almost have too much information. They don't know what's real or what's fake news, but they have enough to know and, and they can kind of feel what's fake and what's real. So we just educate them on what's ego right? And what's not? What's ego? What's process? And if we can get to the point of them learning that, we can hopefully educate them on how they can change their outlook. Um, because a lot of it is, like I said, it goes back to the victim mentality of, well, coach isn't going to like me today because I didn't score any points or we didn't win or coach won't like me or this, this. And yeah. I, I've seen it, seen it a ton right. on players who just go with how, how the last outcome came. Mm -hmm. was it good or bad and there's so much in between that that people don't realize like we we talk in our program about winning the one the one hour the one class that you have the one weight room session the one practice the one film session the one the one tutor session you got whatever that you got to win that one that's and it's be where your feet are right? right but we can't a lot of them can't because when they're struggling this is just my own version of this but when a player is struggling they don't focus on where their feet are and how they can fix right now, what they can do about right now. They go to their phone and they look at what just happened. What did I miss? And why they're not talking about me today or what's going to happen. Oh, here's the future outlook of what's going to happen tomorrow. When we play what's going to happen. And we're never here. We're somewhere else in the multiverse, Dr. Strange. Okay. We're somewhere else in the multiverse <laughs> yes. and they're always living two or three parallel universe, different timelines. Versus being in the timeline that's important, which is right here. And I don't, I can't, I don't have the answers for that one and how to get kids to quote unquote check in mm -hmm. and stay locked right be here present. The, in the present, you know, play present, be present. Um, because it's just it's it's a it's a battle we're gonna constantly have to fight as coaches or anybody for that matter in any job or any profession. You can't this thing's attached to them and it's usually attached right, right to their hand. So right. 
My thanks to Coach Sundance Wicks. We're going to continue this conversation in just a little bit after we show some gratitude to our sponsors. Thank you again to Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Well, welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. This segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, they know service and how to keep their customers happy and loyal. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They will take care of you and they take the stress out of buying a new vehicle. They'll do a coast to coast search and they'll find exactly what you're looking for and bonus in your price range. Give them a call at 417-326-7671. And thank you also to West Logging. For sponsoring this segment, contact Danny West for a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. And we appreciate Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance also sponsoring this segment. We'll continue our conversation with Coach Sundance Wicks. There's no magic no. wand. There's no pixie dust. That's only in, in, in the movies. It, it's, yep. it is a process. It's a journey. Uh, but the big key is to buy in and to be present and to be engaged. And I think that's a great point that you make. Um, that's something that I think a lot of them, you know, it, it, they, that's the step that's very difficult because um, there's a lot to process and a lot to unpack, as you said, when you are present and when you really look at that self-awareness. But once you become self-aware, once you are able to do that and able to recognize what specific coping skills work for you, you're going to increase your self-confidence. You're going to increase your self-efficacy. There's there's going to be, you know, there's there's so much more that you can be doing when you get out of your own way. Yes. And back to the juice side of it. I mean, to me, energy affects attitude, right? That's what I like it. Like, my energy is good. I'm going to have a good attitude. Attitude ultimately affects outcome. So the process for me is having great energy and having a great attitude and knowing that I'm, I'm ultimately going to put forth the maximum effort that's required to be successful, right? Because it's, it's, you should just be go hand in hand with energy, attitude, effort, outcome. And we can look at that in two ways. We can look at that as, as going upwards in a positive route, like good energy, good attitude, maximum effort, desired outcome. Yeah, or we absolutely. Can go, bad energy, bad attitude, <laughs> bad effort, bad outcome. I mean, it's pretty simple if I look at it in that sense. And I'm pretty, I'm not a very smart human being. So I try to dumb things down to the lowest common denominator for myself, most importantly. But I, I try to take that scale every single day and knowing that you're not going to be perfect in it, but those are, those are e easily recognizable goals for me. So start the day with a great, at, great energy. And usually that's me just messing with my kids in the morning, going nuts. And that's <laughs> my day off, right? And then start it because I have great energy. I'm going to have a great attitude today. I'm going to come in, always be chipper, always say hi, do my job. And then I'm going to put forth maximum effort to whatever task at hand that I got to put, that I got to complete today. And then because I'm doing that, I'm going to probably get the desired outcome that I want. And if we could break it down to that simple of an element, then I think we'd, we'd have a, we'd have a little bit of a recipe for success more so than just letting, letting the day happen to us. So, so what, talk to some of the coaches out there on, cause uh, you know, the, 
coaches are criticized. Um, they are, they're criticized, um, right or wrong or agree, disagree with whatever they're doing. Um, it's just nature of the business. Um, you can have the absolute best intentions. You can win by 30 points and someone's going to have something to say. How do you personally handle criticism? How do you handle that adversity and, and shield it, compartmentalize it, um, absorb it, embrace it? How, what do you do with that criticism and how do you turn it around? Criticism, it's, it's funny. It's a funny concept, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Coach Meyer, my my former college, my former college coach, God rest his soul. He was he's maniacal. I love him. Uh, <laughs> he's the most detail oriented man I've ever been a part, never ever met. <laughs> he's he's got he he has so many quirks, right? And I, as a player, you never know what coaches go through because you're just a player. But then I became a GA, so I was able to be a graduate assistant for him. So I got to play for him and then coach with him. And I, it it, flipped, it changed, man. The the paradigm shift that I had just understanding why he did what he did to us as players <laughs> was remarkable um, because there is always a method to the madness, but I'll never forget this. And my first two years playing for him, we were really, we struggled. We didn't win a whole lot of games. And honestly, we, he had just taken over a program that went to the D- division two elite eight, which is like the final four for division right. one. Um, so he walks into an environment where like we're expected to win where expect expectations are high. You're taking over a really good squad. It's just, that they just went to the elite eight. They're basically returning everybody. So why not do it again? But it's a different coach. It's a different method. Right? He's going to do it his way. So it's not what it was. It's completely changed. And we lost. And we lost guys. We lost players. They transferred in and out. And we lost for two years straight. And I was a true freshman when he came in. And so now I'm going into my junior year. And the expectations, I, I, you hear them. You hear the criticism going in the streets about your coach and He's ruined, you know, Northern State. They're not going to be very good, yada, yada, yada. And what did he do? We were in the lead eight team, and now we're nothing. We can't even win regular season games. And we win back-to-back championships, and then he wins basically three championships in a row and <laughs> takes him back to the tournament. And it's it flipped like that. So when I came back to be a GA, I asked him what it was like going through those times, and taking that criticism, people writing, you know, articles on him in the paper about this, this, and this, the family's got to go through that. Just like all coaches have to go through it at some point when they start criticizing a high level, you know, people don't, people don't realize it. The fans don't realize it. That guess what? Our families read that stuff too. And it doesn't just affect you. It affects your entire family. And so that hurts. And coach Meyer used to keep a manila folder and on it, it said, it, what did it say? It said something like, for your eyes later or something like that. Some weird thing like criticism for your eyes later or to keep you humble. And he pulls out this folder and it's just chock full of every negative article ever written about him in like a high functioning sociopathic type of way. He pulls out all the, all the negative articles that were ever written about him by anybody that said like coach Meyer can't coach. And these guys were running the town. Let's run him out of here. He should be fired. All this stuff. And he goes, I keep those as reminders that everybody's entitled to their opinion. Mm. He goes, because when we win championships, we get to keep those. And those are reminders that everybody's entitled to their opinion. Mm. And I'll never forget that. He said, you'll never win. You'll never win an argument with someone who writes, you have a pen and they have a barrel of ink. You're going (laughs) to run out first. And so our opinions that we get as coaches that validates us, right. Is when we get to win a championship or we have a successful season and we go to NCAA tournament, we get to hang a banner. And that's, that's our opinion. We did what we thought was right. And it worked. And anybody who writes is entitled to their opinion. 
And when we lose, you know what? We're losing. And they're probably right about what they're writing a lot of the times. Doesn't mean they understand the whole situation, but everybody's entitled to their opinion. And so from that lesson, I learned one, I never want to keep a file folder full of things bad about me. I don't want that. Yeah, right. I, I don't want that negativity and I don't want that, I don't want to manifest that type of negative energy in my soul ever. Uh, but that was I, brave. I do, that was brave. And I, I I do understand though that you have to distort your competitive reality, especially when you're having losing seasons, um, to how you get your team to operate and still function at a high level. Sure. And you also have to destroy your competitive reality during winning seasons because you don't want teams to get complacent and ha- and be, th- be the victim of success. Right. And so it, it is a constant battle between um, what's right and what's wrong, what you need in, in the moment, um, what you want right now or what you need most. And so those, those things are, it, it, that's why this profession does it. The coaches need it. The players need it. We need right. support and psychological skills support we need psychological skills training because with so many different personalities jenny of players and each high school coach college coach you got 15 different players 15 different personalities you're gonna have to learn about them but some of them don't want you to learn about them they won't be vulnerable enough to open up with you so now you're gonna coach them the way you feel like you should but it could be completely backwards because there's no communication on how you should coach that individual and that, and, and whose fault is that? Nobody's. It's a failure to communicate. Right. If you, if the player doesn't meet the coach halfway and the coach doesn't meet the player, it's just a failure to communicate. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, a coach is in a position where he has to coach and he's got to do his job. So he's going to do what he feels or she feels needs to be done. And you may not as a player agree with that, but you never said anything. Mm-hmm. And so there, therein lies that once again, one of the bigger issues that we have in, in, a, in a snapshot, in a 10,000 foot view of coaching right now in today's world is, Kids will tell Twitter and Instagram how they feel, but they won't tell their coach or they won't tell their mom or dad or they won't tell anybody else. And so, right. Uh, There's no syncing up to, uh, yeah. they've got to be able to sync. Um, well, t- you know, what is it that, you, you know, you, you talked about how coaches need to be, you know, supported and, and, and it is overwhelming sometimes. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize the emotion and the energy and the effort that go into coaching. You are so invested in your athletes yeah. and you want the best for them and you want your program to be the best it can be, but it can be overwhelming. What what do you do? What's your therapy? What's your release? Do you, do you, do you hike? Do you watch movies? Do you play with your kids? I'm sure your kids have something to do with it, but what, what yeah. do you do personally? That's great. Uh, one, I'm, I'm an avid movie guy, so I'm a big movie yeah. junkie and I, I haven't been to a movie theater since COVID hit, which is crazy enough. Yeah. Um, so I love movies. Flat out, I could, you could get me lost in two hours for a movie. It could be, I could feel like I was gone for a week. That's the <laughs> yeah. type of release. And outlet. Yeah. It's just who I am. Um, outside, I love to still shoot. I love shooting hoops. I'm never going to stop. Mm. I love just getting in the gym and just torching the nets. I mean, this is nothing like just bouncing a ball in a quiet gym, in my opinion. This is what, where I fell in love with the game and I'll always be in love with the game is just in the quiet hours, the invisible hours where nobody can see you. Just go in there and shoot. Um, that, that is like therapeutic for me, just the bouncing and the swishing of the net, just the flicking of the wrist. I, I could do that all day long. Cause it's just, it'll never leave you. Um, yeah. that's, it brings back so many memories and nostalgic, right? It's just, it's still counting three, two ones on shots. It, to me, like that's, that's another way of therapy <laughs> and family, family has been the biggest release for me. My wife's amazing. I mean, she's, um, behavioral specialist. So I know she works with me on a daily basis right? so, <laughs> and, and my, and my kids, it's just like, when you have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, I think this was another massive paradigm shift for me was when you have kids, you become a better coach 
And because you start looking at things like, what, what if that was your son or daughter? How would you want them to be coached? Right. How would you, how would you approach this situation um, if that was true. your son or daughter? And it doesn't mean we're going to get it right all the time because every, every kid in every situation requires something different. But to right. me, that's, that's, that's also therapy is just playing with those guys. And, and like, I, I might teach grace. I might say something to grace about her shot or, you know, she's kicking a soccer ball and she will not listen to me. Right. So I'm just like, <laughs> back off. Yeah. Like, I know like you, you probably don't want to be coached, but, but my, my son Skywalker and my son's name is Skywalker. So my son Skywalker, he, he will take coaching and he loves it. Like he's already a year and a half and he's like, yeah, let's do more. You know, like, I'm like <laughs> I could even boo him and he'd be like, yeah, boo me again. See what happens. I mean, he's just, yeah. they're wired differently. Um, and it just, okay, well, we got, we got to go back and, and tell me what Skywalker, and I'd love <laughs> to know where you, where your name originated as well. Sundance. Uh, I think my mom and dad were kind of visionaries. It's, it's weird. I'm from Gillette, Wyoming, Sundance, Wyoming is about 45 minutes away. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's basically a traditional Catholic family where my mom and dad, my mom has like six brothers and sisters. My dad has 11. Um, and they're all pretty, you know, pretty boring names. Like Tom, John, Dan, right? Al, Linda. Bob, Mary, you know, Kevin, Trish, <laughs> Arb. Um, and so then my dad and mom, they're the firstborn son here, and they're thinking, like, what should we name our kid, right? And they somehow through an epiphany come up with the name Sundance. They, I don't know if they were, I don't think they told, I don't think they told their parents what they were going to name me until I was born and they, I got to see him. <laughs> and my grandpa was like, you named him what? <laughs> oh, my name is Sunday. you know it's going crazy and so I, I i grew up with a lot of nicknames and sometimes you get teased about your name when you're young you don't quite understand the power of your name and growing up and getting older <laughs> i loved it i loved everything thing it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy if you want to get into psychological skills training like <laughs> sun dances the sun has great energy and dancing yeah. is a great vibration it's a great energy um, yes, you are well named. <laughs> yes. So if this, I said, I told Courtney, I said, we're going to name our firstborn son Skywalker. And I thought she was going to veto that. And she loved it. She's like, we're doing it. And so I, if the sun can dance, the sky can walk. Yeah. And I'm also a big Star Wars guy. So that's okay. There we go. Because the force, right? The force, yes. force with you, the force of life, the force of energy, all these things. To me, they're, they just, it's what makes the world go round. Um, and there's, there's an invisible energy all around us that hopefully my son will grow up with the name Skywalker and own it kind of like I own my name and right. um, <laughs> grace. What is your daughter's uh, name? Daughter's name is grace because grace. By, the, by the grace of God, I was given, I was given a baby girl and as a firstborn. <laughs> and so I, I just, I will always, I will always be grateful for grace because she's going to teach me so much in this world that I need to learn still. Yes. Buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> and so like that, that's just, that's who I am. I mean, I love it. And this is, this talk is very fruitful for me because it just, it's a constant reminder of how much we still don't, don't do for our athletes, but it's also, I hope for the athletes, it's a constant reminder of how much they don't do for themselves. Right. Um, Cause the stigma we talked about is maybe I don't want to go in and I don't want to see, but you can't carry all this stuff. And, and, and this is, this is the kind of the pet peeve here. You don't get to carry all this stuff. And then, constantly perform bad and go out there and have bad, bad performances or have bad practices or stack bad days and then try to blame somebody else or something else on the circumstance without doing the work yourself. Right. Like you got to go do the work and whether that's physical work on the court or mental work with, with you or with the sports psychologist or with a friend or a family, whoever, or whether that's just 
spiritual work, you know, cause you're not, you're not diving deeper into your faith, whatever that is, you still got to do the work. Right. And I think sometimes we look for, you know, what's that microwave society and transfer portal, transfer yeah. portal society right now. If it's not going good, we leave. If it's yeah. going great, we'll stay. And that can change day to day. And that should never be the case. It's right. what are you convicted in? What do you believe in? And if you're not helping yourself, how can we give you the resources to help you um, too? But once right. we give you the resources, if you don't do anything with those student athletes, this is a direct call to you. If you don't do anything with those resources, then we're, it's going to be a, it's a vicious cycle. It's just going to be a vicious, never ending cycle. Right. Yeah. Eat while your food's hot, you know, yeah. eat while your food's hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we always end in the show um, with a, a technique um, and, and kind of a, a couple of things that athletes can do in the moment. Do you have a, a technique that either you used as a player or that you encourage coaches, whether it's listening to music or a breathing technique or I don't know, dancing before the games, whatever, whatever. Um, do yeah. you have a certain technique? I still love to read. I just, I like, I like to read and I like to journal. So more importantly, I think my meditation is journaling. I'm not yes. a very sit still type of individual. It's hard for me, yeah. um, but I have two things that I love to do more than anything. I love to journal. Mm -hmm. um, I love to write constantly writing. If I told my wife, I said, if I ever die, just get this, make sure she gets this thing right here <laughs> because that's, that's where all the golden nuggets are. All the right. <laughs> late night, can't sleeps, early morning, rise ups. All the t-shirt ideas, <laughs> all the protect the vibe ideas are in the journal. I want to, I want to thank you so much for your time and, and what you're doing and, and wish you the absolute best with the rest of your season and, and your continued you. endeavors in this great sport. And, and you're doing a tremendous job. You coach people. You don't just coach players. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you for this platform. Cause this is a, uh, it's extremely important. It's, it can be extremely impactful if we get the right momentum with this stuff. And to me, like, that's the, the part is we have to get some momentum with this, with other coaches, with other coaches who can get on a pulpit and talk about it and, and be advocates for mental, mental, mental health and psychological skills training. So more, more so than just the mental health side of it, but the psychological skills training yes. side of it, that is my big advocacy is the education, the implementation, the awareness of what you need. Like you talked about the toolboxes. Um, right. So Jenny, I think you could really make this massive, and extreme, it's extremely important, extremely invaluable for, for anybody who's, who's locking into this or going forward with this. So thank you. No, oh, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, and again, wish you the best of luck. Coach Sundance Wicks, thanks for joining us. My thanks to Coach Sundance Wicks. Our post-game talk sponsored by Story Construction. Go to story, S-T-O-R-E-E.com and check out their services for high quality satisfaction and high quality service. Don't forget, you can always go to acoachesperspective.com for show lineups and previous shows and more information. For now, for our post-game talk, the energy that my guest exhibits on a daily basis is contagious. Some people give energy, some people take energy. My guest makes a choice to give energy every day. Of course, you can tell me what my challenge is going to be for you. Find a way to give energy to those around you. That's how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human, live your life like a champion, live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.